0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello and welcome to the Agenda Podcast. I'm Ian Crowell and I'm joined by Connor O'Neill. Connor, how are you? Just badly yourself. Everton action has been few and far between the past couple of days, so have you been keeping yourself busy?
1: I have, yeah, I have been keeping myself busy. I mean, Ashwan said to me in the office stall last week you know, at least you can't, you can't be by the fact that we're in action. So, you know, That's every cloud sport has a silver lining somewhere, doesn't it? Nice
0: Everton free weekend. As yeah, I've said, this is the Agenda podcast. You, the listeners, send in the questions. You, the listeners, set the agenda. But before we begin with the questions that have been submitted, we just want to address the news um, that Sky Sports News have put out um, just moments ago before we come in to record this podcast that Barcelona have bid... Or reportedly bid eighty-five million pounds for Everton forward Richarlison. Apparently, the bid has been rejected. Connor, we can't not talk about this news. Whether it's true, we're not entirely sure. But Sky Sports News are reporting it. And um, before we get to the questions, just your thoughts on this bombshell, really?
1: I think I think it is. I think there is a bombshell. And I, I think you know, a few jaws. I think at the, at the floor in the office just just now, Ben. The news kind of broke, I think, just after five o'clock, wasn't it? I think mm-hmm. Alan Myers tweeted it and Sky ran with the story. Um, yeah, we don't know whether, we don't know what, you know. we don't know the ins and outs of the detail. We don't even know if it's true, do we? You know? No. I know their, their, host, their host, Phil Kirkbride, is on, on the case now, traced it up, and I'm sure he'll have, he'll have more on what is actually going on. Yeah. Um, but it's just come from absolutely nowhere. way. I mean, it's not surprising that Barcelona have actually bid a 4 or forward because there's been a lot of talk, you know, since the window opened, that they were going to be in the market for a the forward, they, they lost Luis Suarez. So it looks like till the end of the season, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's required surgeries. Actually, can't get any. Need to look at bringing some, you no know, younger, fresher faces in. It's just that no, <laughs> at no point was the, <laughs> Richarlison's name mentioned in any anywhere. I think you know Rodrigo is it Rodrigo that has Valencia has been heavily linked. Pierre Mbabanya, obviously at Arsenal has been linked, but <laughs> it's just come absolutely from nowhere and. <sighs> No, it's it seemingly now, it seems now it's gone from a quiet couple of days and everything where you know one imagines that it'll just kind of be a couple of outs possibly you know a mm. couple of young kids going out on loan. It's now all of a sudden you know we, we could be fighting to keep our, our best player you know from the clutches of, of Barcelona. It's it, it, it's now set to be an extraordinary few days. I think
0: not ideal timing. It's never ideal timing for you know to lose one of your best players, but just before the transfer window is about to shut on Friday, we are in the reports that the bid has been rejected anyway. Yeah. But, you know, quite clearly he's going to be a target for Barcelona, whether that's now or even in the, in the summer, isn't it? You know, his head, you know, could his head be turned?
1: Well, it's, it's going to be interesting, I think, in the next couple of days because, you know, his head could already be turned. You know, the, the layer of Barcelona, you know, for many people, is just simply too good to turn down. So it, it is going to be interesting. And What you say there about, you know, he could be a target in the summer. It could also be a case of it's now or never for them. You know, mm. they, they could hit something with that ultimatum and say, "Well, you come now, great. If you don't come now, then you know we might reassess options in the summer and you might not be on the list." So we've got to be wary of. I think of all kinds of scenarios that that could come our way, but it's just not what you want. Is it? it's just not what 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 his needs is. Needed, you know what I mean? It's it's been a tough tough couple of weeks. You think you know the cup defeat and you know there's the a against Newcastle where you we know, we simply crumbled in 102 seconds or whatever mm. it was. And, now it's you know, potentially to lose your star player and your main asset really you know and I'll only go for it for, for a large part of this season absolutely yeah um, it would be a, an absolute killer blow because you you struggle to see who we'd be able to bring in right now This meant to replace him and you know it, I know we are probably talking a little bit wise than the mark here because you know it could all be false and it could all be it could be nothing you know what I mean but it could be a long four months then you know five months till the season finishes and you do, you don't want that you don't you know we we spoke, we spoke you know, regularly on this podcast about Carl and Jossie building bridges for next season. I think we both agree. But Charleston is, is you know, at the forefront of, of them of them building blocks and, and bridges moving forward. So it'd be disappointing if he did go, but we've just got to wait and see everything and see, see what comes with it. But it's going to be an interesting few days.
0: I mean, just finally on this, because before we move on to the questions, Everton have stood strong in the past, you know, last season. Yeah, gay. So there's no reason to suggest that, you know, I don't want to say like crumble because you know eighty five million pound is a lot of money and I'm sure if it, if it was to go it would be spent, you know, on transfers and hopefully wisely. But um, you know, hopefully the club will stand firm on this at least until the summer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You do you do hope that because like I said, like I said there, you don't want to lose you know one of your main your main men do you? So just in the middle of the season and have to play like the rest four four months of the campaign without someone, um, but. The, the good thing now is, is like you said, the, the club have still fame in the past and, and rebuffed a lot of interest from a lot of players, but, you know, it'd be interesting what him himself, Richarlison, kind of, kind of does. And, you know, you, you look at Idrissa uh, Granegade last year, you know, he was absolutely exemplary when he never got his move away to, to PSG. He was, he was superb, mm. but not every footballer is like that. Not every footballer, you know, plays with that mentality and plays with that belief, so we can only hope that if, you know, Richarlison has never played, he's, he's, he's the Richarlison that we all, you know come to love over the last couple of weeks and he doesn't go down another road of what we see sometimes, you know, where the, the dummy gets spat out and people simply
0: just stop trying and stop having a go and you don't want to be there. Fingers crossed. I mean, I do say that was the last that we'll talk about that Richarlison bit, but a lot of the questions are, are <laughs> transfer-based, so I'm sure we'll uh, we'll loosely talk about that and uh, associate it with some of the questions. So first question submitted by Matthew Barry. Um, I'll read out for you, Connor, and you can uh, give it a go. Kind of related to to next season and who is going to be at Goodison Park if Angelotti has his perfect summer transfer window. Who of the current squads will be in the starting eleven on the opening day of next season?
1: Well, I think the might just we just <laughs> spent I good five six minutes talking about um, what would, would be for, for definitely. I think uh, he definitely would be on the list. I think Mina, Holgate, Dean, Sadibi if we possibly get him over the line, I think yeah. Um, of the current squad now, it's just... That, is that, is that, I would say like Gomez is that, is that, is that, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, like Gomez. Like you
0: know, Gabaman Let's include them, yeah. You
1: know, Bernard, I think, is, is, you know, show real flashes. Yeah. I think, you know, Moise Keen. You, you look at us, Calvert-Lewin, you, know, you look at their performances against Newcastle, they, you know, there was something to go off. So I'd probably say a good, good seven or eight, to be honest. I think it would be there or thereabouts.
0: I think it's a tough question, isn't it? Because we don't really know what a perfect summer transfer window is for Angelotti. We no. don't know any of his targets. We don't really know his budget and we don't know who he's going to look to bring in. I, I think as well, we don't
1: know what his feelings are to a lot of the current members of the squad. I mean, yeah. I think I said that on the last show done, that there's a strong possibility there could be a couple of, you know, wild cards almost, you know, players who are fancies who people would believe would be fancies by Carlo Angelotti. So, we've got all this to come. I think that's, you, know, you know, I think that's one of the, the good things, but also, you know, maybe the, the, the bad things to look forward to is, is sort of gauge on who and what mm. is in in the plans moving forward. Okay. Uh, Carl Bloxman asks, 10 goals each for Chris Wood and DCL. Who's going to get most this season? Sorry, it had been a week or so since you've mentioned him.
0: Well, Chris Wood is obviously the the agenda mascot, <laughs> um, podca- uh, podcast mascot, isn't he? So, um, I think Dominic Cavett-Lewin will definitely score a few more goals this season. I know Carl's got a... A huge admiration admiration for for Chris Wood but I th- I think he's he's he's, a, he's obviously a good player who can score goals but I would put him in the mold of a Cheng Tsong who will score goals in a, a certain level level yeah. of the team um and that's not that's not a criticism of of Ching or Chris Wood because you you obviously have a, a quality and you're able to score goals but we don't want to be playing like we did on the Sam Allardyce. we don't want to be playing like Burnley do um and as you can see Cheng Tosen has struggled for goals and struggled to fit into the Marco Silva team. He's like, barely got a, a look in under uh, Angelotti, obviously he's gone out on loan now. Um, So I think he cars desperate for us to sign Chris Wood, isn't he? He obviously wants okay. to see him in yeah. Everton yeah. shirts. He
1: wants yeah. to watch his fellow countrymen in action for the beloved Blues. Exactly, yeah. Who can blame him? Um,
0: until he can score 20 goals consistently a season. You're yeah.
1: asking for much to head on, higher.
0: Well, no, but we, we, we want to be challenging for top <laughs> no, six, no, top do, four, yeah. don't no. we? Is Chris Wood that calibre striker? Unfortunately, Carl, I don't think he is. But fair play for bringing him back up again. <laughs> I like I like the enthusiasm. Um, next question, Bradley Rettler. I've heard Everton that about the Newcastle match so many times. How does Carlo change such a deeply ingrained mindset?
1: By ensuring that we no longer get on that path and you know, we we start winning football matches and getting ourselves off the line when it when it matters. I think Don't concede
0: we, two goals in two minutes. They, well, ever that, again.
1: That that would be a starting point, <laughs> wouldn't it? I suppose. But I think winning football matches and getting ourselves off the line. I think I said that, you know, a while ago on, on the the View from the Gallery Street podcast. You know, you almost need you need a moment where you kind of you, you come of age almost. And I think I I, I I used Manchester City as an example, and you know, City's always been one of them clubs, but like Everton, where and that like. No, they did screw things up, they'd never get them. They they'd do all the hard work and fought the final hurdle. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've got a mate who's, who's a Manchester City fan. I remember something about it, and he was saying, No, their big moment come in, he beat Manchester United at the, the FA Cup semi final. They did they, they beat Stoke in the final, I think it was 2011, some around that time. Spend the money, they started coming in, but they hadn't really had no success. Yeah, and he said, They, they won 1 0, yeah, that's what he scored. Yeah, remember that actually and he said we beat 20 scored again in the final beat Stoke 1-0 he said and, you know for as good as the final was not to see us lift a piece of silverware the, the big moment was the semi-final he said because we beat Man United at Wembley we, we won't 1-0 up and we defended and we were solid he said and got ourselves over the line he said and that felt like the moment where things changed because so many times before we'd been in that position and just let ourselves down and I think Everton needs exactly that Everton need a moment where they almost do the unthinkable you know like that's winning around fields you know do something that no one thinks they're going to do, yeah. and then just you know sets sets themselves off. Then you, because I think you know, so many times now, you know the effort in that phrase is it's just coming because there's been so many near miss hasn't he? So mm. many you know close calls, so many you know bad luck omens. You name it, you know it, it seems to walk in. We just need that kind of one moment where we crawl over the line, or you know we get ourselves over the line, and we get a bit of belief and we build
0: from it. I mean, obviously that comes with buying quality players as well, uh, it, it? it?
1: does, but I also think, you know, sometimes you, you've got to have a bit more fight and a bit more passion and a bit more hunger sometimes. I think you can have all the best players you want in, in, in world football, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get yourself over the You've still got to have a bit, you know, a bit of passion, a bit of fight, a bit, a bit of commitment. And I think we've seen so far at times in the past couple of years, Everton teams not have that type of almost you know, fire in the belly and, and hunger to, to succeed. So, it does help if you have quality players, of course, but you've also got to have, you know, you've, you've got to win, you've got to want to do it. You know, we look back to the FA Cup tie. I don't think enough far players in the centre wanted to win. They didn't want you know, to force the issue. It was very passive. It was very, you know, laissez fair approach and mm. we got what we deserved in the end and that's that's where it's got to change. Absolutely. Paul Curry rideout asks, sorry to hear the you know, view from the Galaxy Street podcast this week. My question is a simple one. How many points do you think Evan will have at the end of this season?
0: I'm gonna really, I'm just gonna sidestep this question completely. I'm still gonna answer it, but I'm not gonna say how many points. I'm just gonna say where I think we'll finish, and then hopefully you should be able to judge yeah. the points because I have just got the fixtures up there on my phone, and my maths isn't that quick to go through each each and every one well, I think plenty of
1: games. I think you know, I know we <laughs> we didn't want to lose on too too much in this show, but you've got to take the Richarlison situation into account, haven't you? Because mm. if but Charlson's not. If just leave the club, he leaves a big Charlton shaped hole in the, in the starting
0: lineup, doesn't he? He certainly does. Um but in terms of just to answer the question quickly, I think we'll we should finish top ten. I think we'll finish top yeah. ten. I d I don't think we'll end up getting Europa League. I just think the Newcastle game is kinda um, you know. Me, not my me enthusiasm, but me my expectations for the season has kind of been dwindled a little bit. I thought if we could have, you know, I know it was only two points, and we're, we're only like four points off fifth or something, but we're just not consistent enough, even with Angelotti yeah. at the minute. I think he's found a way to play, and we're, we're grinding out, you know, one or two results, but at the minute, it's, it's just still not enough. Everyone's beating everyone. That's why it's so close in the league. But I'd say, I think we could finish um, eighth. I'd, I'd say that's probably a solid... Um, solid position to finish in so whatever roundabout points tally you think that will be I think it will be eighth I think we will be eighth
1: I think it will be so I think we'll I think we've got the the, the thing to finish anywhere between twelfth and eighth I think yeah. it just it depends you know how we get on consistently wise but I think it will be between between them positions I think the, the top seven seems pretty much nailed on doesn't it I think yeah. you struggle to see you know anyone kind of falling away a little bit and I think after that, it's very much, you know, apart from maybe the bottom five, it's just very much of a muchness, isn't it? I think so, you know, it, it kind of is what, what it is.
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Next question from Tom De Groff. Everton continue to be linked with some players outside of the brand's ethos of development and sell-on potential. It clearly takes a mix for success, but is it wise for the club to throw big money at a player past his peak when the club is not built for an immediate run toward the top?
1: Well, it's not that, certainly not wise for the clubs to throw big money at a player who's past his peak. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I think that we can all agree on that. I think it's a sometimes it's a little bit hard because you don't necessarily know that a player who's past his peak until, you know, you maybe signed him and you've watched him for six months or etc. I think that there's always going to be that kind of fine line between you know the brands ethos of let's get young players in and recruit them because there's always going to be that layer at, at some point to think well you no know, there's a good player available there who's, who's, who's a good price and could come in and you know I think we'd all we'd all be like you'd be stupid to not not to chase that, you know what I mean? Yeah, not yeah. to not to go after that. So I think I know what Tom's trying to say there, but I think in terms of past its peak where well, you wouldn't want you couldn't spend any money on people who passed the peak. But there is a fine line, and I think, you know, if a good player become available who's 27, who we thought we were going to have five really good years, and a good price, then you're going to snap that land off, aren't you? But regardless of whether, you know, he's he's got selling value, etc., you're going to get that played in for the now and then. So yeah. it's it's a fine balance, I think, more, more than anything. Okay. Ben Crawford asks, are you still expecting no incoming transfers this month? It seems a shame we're not having a look at the loan market. Um, well, let's let's okay, give given given this afternoon's news. <laughs> uh, I I
0: just can't see. I mean, I can't see it, it, it's been rejected from what was. I'm looking on Twitter now, and it's been rejected. Um, you know, a Barcelona are going to come in with another. You know, another offer. It, it's gonna uh, it's gonna have to take an an offer in the excess of a hundred million with a for Everton to even budge. It's just it's not even good timing. Why are they doing this now? Why why don't they do this at the start of the window? to give themselves a little bit of time to, I don't, I don't to
1: negotiate. I don't know why I I'm not Barcelona's supporting Director. Well, you should be. I've <laughs> well, got a new manager, haven't they? Which I think is an interesting right, point. Right, okay. Uh, Kike and like you Sant- said, Suarez is... Suarez is obviously out and Kike Santan is, is coming from to take over from uh, Valverde, who, who was sacked. So maybe that's got a little bit to do yeah. with it in the sense that he's only been there, I think, 10 days. and.
0: I, I Sometimes I do think it's a it's a tactic from other clubs to destabilise players. They don't really want him now. They'll wait till the summer, because the summer, they they'll put a bid in. They'll make it public. Um, you know, hopefully Richardson won't kick off. But even if he does, that's great because then eventually they'll pro- probably get yeah. the man. And you know, obviously Barcelona are huge. No, you know, we're nowhere near as big as Barcelona. In terms of Ben's question on the loan market, I think you know if there was a quality player out there who was who's was on loan, I think we would definitely be in the loan market for him. But I just I just don't think there is anyone available. I know that Yamas is uh, being talked about for, as a loan option yeah. but... Is he really? He doesn't really want to go out on loan. I've been, I've heard that he wants to yeah. permanent move. So it's 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 a tough one. You know, we've we've used the low market very well in the past under the likes of Moyes, haven't we? I just, yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a completely different different market now, different world um, from back then. So looking at the low market, I, I just I just don't think it does anyone of real quality to bring in. It would just be a waste of time, unfortunately. Next question from Ashley Stewart. If we were to sign no one this month, if you could... This is this is a really good question, by the way. I'm glad that you, you will both answer it, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask it first. So if we were to sign no one this month, and if you w- could recall any of our loan players to help out, who would it be? Also, if you could have any player in their prime to help steady the ship from the Mojera, who would it be? So two questions in one there, but I really like the last yeah, question. the...
1: T- t- the loan play one is is a really difficult one because. I'm trying to think, he was on loan now. I, I think just just one to me probably, you would probably bring back a uh, Bessic at Sheffield United.
0: Because uh, of the short in position. Short in yeah.
1: position, you know. I don't think Bessic was as bad as some people actually made out. I think he, you know, he had some really good performances. Yeah. He was just played by injuries. I think, I think he's probably the most standout name you, you know you'd, you'd look to bring back. I don't think I don't think there's many of our loan. Our loan I don't, you'd be looking to bring Sandro back to, you know, help the void. Potentially, if I have a child, somebody, you know, you know something along them lines. So I think maybe my message, from the Moyers here, I'd actually bring in to help steady the ship. It's a bit of a wild card suggesting this and probably something that people some people may actually disagree with. Go on. But I'd actually go with Nigel Martin. Really? As a as a goalkeeper to to come in and, you know, settle the back four down. And, okay. You know, because I think, I, you know, I've been a big fan of Jordan Pickford's and stuff, but there's, there's clearly issues at the back whether he's you know whether the, goal, the back four don't feel comfortable with him. he doesn't feel comfortable with the back four you look at set pieces we look very vulnerable you know you look at the Newcastle one he, he comes for one completely misjudges it and completely gets caught in no man's mm. no man's land for the first goal and then you know the second goal it just looked like his head had gone and he was all over the place Wasn't he was behind the goal line and stuff like that so I would probably look at bringing Nigel Martin back in just to steady. in day. his prime well, I, th- I think when he was d- with under and Moyers, I think you we know, had two fantastic seasons. I think, you know, the d- year we come, we come fourth. The whole four or five seasons, he was absolutely outstanding. You know, I think we won so many games one 0 Yeah, you know, and he made some really, really great saves. So, I think he'd just be a real calming influence on the, you know, on, on the back, the back four, and someone who you know, hopefully, settle the nerves of, of what we're, we're experiencing. because we've got issues at the back. Haven't we? You know, every time the ball goes in our box, yeah, we don't look comfortable. Um, so, yeah, and obviously, you know, I think Pickford needs to take out the final as well. But he won't, he won't have because we haven't got the, the backup to, to really, to replace him. So, that they would be my two options. And it's the second one probably is a bit of a wild card, not one people would imagine.
0: Interesting, interesting pick, Martin. Whereas, um I'll just go with the, you know, the player from the Moise I, I was just, I'd probably just be boring and just go with Arteta. Yeah. Just because, but obviously, again, but The centre mid option is... Yeah. is, is you know, we're not. We haven't really got that creativity, other than Bernard, who can, who can, you know, find the pass and stuff like that. And even, even his final balls not, yeah. not great anyway. I think Arteta, prime Arteta would be, you know, a fantastic option to have in yeah, that who, midfield. Who
1: would you go for? Just quickly, out the Martinez era.
0: The Martinez era, I think there's only there's only, <laughs> one. Lukaku. there's only one, isn't there? <laughs> Maybe Barry, <laughs> Barry, Gareth Barry, no. Uh. It was definitely Lukaku who it's, was it's just it's trying it's to throw Spanner yeah, in the works.
1: Yeah, he'd, he'd probably be second, wouldn't he? I think yeah. he'd probably be second. Okay, next Martin question. Martin Jameson asks, having somewhat ripped into Moyes in my last question on this programme, pointing out how he seems...
0: How slow he how seems.
1: How he seems. He then goes on and puts a masterful display at the top speeds and scores his first goal. How can you explain such a change?
0: Um, I don't think it's probably just come from the Newcastle game. I think it's something that has been know, been happening in training over the over the coming weeks. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, the impact of probably Angelotti as well started the, the game against Newcastle, you know, putting confidence in him. It's funny because the Newcastle game, we started off quite well, didn't we? Played very well throughout yeah. the whole whole match, you know, and then obviously wrecked it. 31 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> wrecked it, didn't we? Um, before Keane scored, probably about 10, 15 minutes before Keane scored, I turned to and said, he's going to score today. He's getting in these positions and he scuffed one shot, I think, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, it was, a long, it was a, a long range along the floor and it, it weren't the best. But he was getting in positions and he looked a threat. And I just think he, everyone just jumped, it was jumping on his back too, too much. He's so young, 19 years old. Got to give him time. And it's just unfortunate that, that Newcastle game has been cl- completely overshadowed by those Two late goals because we'd all really be talking about yeah. how good Moyes' Keane was. Now I know he didn't play the full ninety; he did look tired towards the end. But I don't think it's something that has happened overnight. Not even over one game. It's it's been the course of the, the past couple of weeks, and certainly the you know the appointment of Angelos has definitely helped without a doubt. Um, okay, oh question about Richardson here. Bridget Bryson has said Richarlison Dominic Carvill, Lewin, and Keane, went all fit. Do we play them all? Richarlison is best up front with Dominic Carver-Lewin, but he is the most flexible positionally. Um, Does Richarlison go right wing and Bernard left with the other two up front? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, like we say there, if Moise Keane starts showing that type of uh, attitude and that type of, you know... Form, and That that form, then, you you know, you'd be hard-pushed for not to have him and Carver-Lewin at the top end of the pitches, the two natural forwards and go with Richarlison on the right, Bernard on the left, but... I think at the minute, I think well, Moise Keane show really good flashes. I think, you know, Richarlison up top has been a real handful with, with Dominic calvert lewin I think. It's just a threat, you hey? know? I think Keane just gets off a little bit fit, a little bit sharper, you know, builds a bit more momentum. and, and possible. I think, you know, right now, the minute, you'd look at Richarlison up top calvert lewin when he's fit. Okay. Callum Lapsley, Lapsley asks, Should Ancelotti to get Baines yeah? the year? Italians don't seem to bother with the age if fit enough and Baines certainly keeps himself in good nick
0: I think if Baines was ever going to leave he would have done it or he should have done it you know when he was told Mm -hmm. Luke Dean was coming in so I wouldn't be surprised if Baines gets another year unless you know again Angelotti's got someone in mind to either be a young understudy to Dean or to completely come in and take over Dean's place Leighton Baines is you know Everton player of the decade from the last decade for me um, You know, obviously there's been arguments to say Lukaku was, but I think Leighton Baines has just been Mr. Everton for the past 10 years. And if he, you know, if he thinks he should have another year, then absolutely. He obviously does keep himself fit. Um, but what I mean, he's given us a great moment this season against Leicester. Yeah. Although, you know, it, it ended in disappointment once again. But, you know, that has probably been be my moment of the year. I'd probably yeah. say like, I can't remember celebrating a goal like that for a, a long, long time and what a what a street, um, sweet strike it was. What a goal. Um Leighton Baines, fantastic. If he was to stick around for another year, um then I'm all for that. Next question from Rick Eckloff. Rebuilding Rebuilding a team and changing the mindset takes time. Where do you hope to see Everton three years from now?
1: We well, would not see them hype the table, of course, wouldn't you? You know, bit of stability on the pitch. Good you know, good solid squad of players, you know, real kinds What's of What's realistic
0: though, like you know, Evangelosi was to have his you know, a decent um a decent summer transfer window or got added had a couple of decent transfer windows, would you expect to be well, challenging
1: the league? I think you look at it, you know, three years from now, you know you look to maybe just you no know, look at the bridging the gap to the top six, establishing out in the top six then. Pushing on top four, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think that's the, the the sensible route to go down. Um, just mm. because of, you know, like you know, you're saying about a good transfer and those in those in the league stuff. And that's very hard to do. I think you look at Man City and Liverpool; and they're so established, aren't they? You now, you know, you do you do think they're going to dominate for them? To are going to dominate for a couple of years to come, yeah, mm. because they're so powerful and that you know the players. have still got so much time on yeah. on their hands in terms of the playing careers. So I think you know, the gaps to the top six. Establish yourself in the top six, and then and then look to push top four. I think the victory thing for me the next three is always the stadium. You, you've, you've got to really see kind of
0: progress with them.
1: Progressing, you know. Hopefully, in three years' time, be looking to be on the brink of moving in. You know, not kind of still, in, you know, lacking you know, or you know, still going for the planning stage. You know, that's the big thing for me you now because that's that's got the potential to be absolutely huge for the club.
0: Mm. Absolutely, I agree.
1: Dave Gordon asks: Carrot Looner is not Everton caliber. You're talking winning the league. You're going to do it with Richarlison or Lewin. You're not going
0: to do it. You're not going to do it with Richarlison or Lewin. Um, I don't know. I mean, e- Everton Calibre. Um, I don't. kind what of a, Yeah, I don't, <laughs> but I don't kind of agree with that. Everton Calibre is probably from Dave's point of view, probably means like winning the league, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, which they're not, is, they're not thirty
0: goals. He's set to fall. Yeah, daddy. which is fair enough, you know. But we are where we are at the moment. I think Dominic Albert Lewin over the past certainly two years has, has gone from someone who you'd think is not going to make it as a Premier League footballer mm. to someone who can now probably consistently score 15, maybe to 20 goals a season. Um, Richarlison, um, 85 million bids from Barcelona. They obviously think he's, he's good enough. That tells a
1: story, doesn't it? No, so.
0: Exactly. So um, I think it's a fair comment from from David Gordon there. I, I, I really do. But I think Calvert Lewin, he's progressed this season. I just think development, development, development from all the players. Um, And hopefully you will see um, those two players winning trophies for Everton. And if they don't, hopefully we'll have brought someone else in to to take their place and see what Everton get to when that happens. Um, Okay, last question from the Agenda podcast this week. Dan Doran has asked, does Davis Tom Davis need to go on loan next year?
1: I think we're at the point now with Tom Davis where if he's not pushing for a first team place, he's not in the thinking of the manager moving forward. I don't see what a loan spell actually does for him. Yeah. I think it's more make or break in terms of if they stick with him and he, you know, if he's getting the plans, then he, he's going to sort of look to nail down a place on a regular basis. Yeah. I don't really see the, the need for the.
0: He's kind of too old now to yeah, to, to go, go out to, you know, on loan for the development. He's not
1: long for the season? But where do you send them? What just you, you know who do you send them to? That type yeah. of thing. I think that boats sell with Tom Davis now. I think it's it's now make or break. That's be a little bit too harsh, make or break, but it's it's, think it's, next coming, season it's, probably it's is. coming to a crunch time now where he's gonna be the manager's thoughts to think of moving forward, or he's, he's gonna to have to look maybe elsewhere to secure regular first team football.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Okay, Connor, uh, thanks very much. Um as I always say at the end of every podcast. Watch this space. Watch this on, space. on Richarlison. Um, stick with the Echo for the, the yes. Yeah, stick with the Echo for the latest news um, on the Echo website as well as Twitter and Facebook. Um, Richarlison to Barcelona. Fingers crossed it doesn't happen or there's no more bids to destabilise um, Richarlison's thoughts. But again, as I always say, watch this space.
1: You've been listening to the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo.